It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, of course, based on the book in hardcover, paperback, and audio, dulcet audio tones, as I like to say. Oh, yeah. The 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders. I haven't seen you since Friday night with your new best friend, Poison's own Brett Michaels. I will tell you, man, I am a gigantic, gigantic Brett Michaels fan. Uh, Met him at the VIP reception, front row at the concert, and he... He reached out yeah. to connect with me and the rest of the system. He, uh, we're we're going to get married. You, you said something before. You said <laughs> that he makes everyone feel like they're the only person in the room. He gets that. He understands that the heyday of the glam hair bands is over and that he now is going to touch everyone, literally shake their hand, look literally. them in the eye, and make a fan out of them. And it sounds like he, poly- he Bill Clinton's you. He Bill Clinton, you circa 1992. I'm, I'm voting for him. I'm hanging with him. The reality is I was not a fan of the music before. Mm-hmm. Michelle pleaded with me to go. We went. He connected. We wound up being on the boat, the Grand Marshal boat, the next night. And when he saw us, it wasn't like some fluffy conversation. Mm-hmm. We got in real conversation. Oh, yeah. And we're friends. He, he gets wanted, it. He wanted us to go. <laughs> he was sent to Michelle. He goes, let's go to Key West. We're playing to Key West tonight. Let's yeah. come. So the drummer, Mike Bailey, was amazing. He gets it. He was really fun. But there's a lesson to be learned from that. Before we get to our guest, you know, this book is about, again, rules for influencers and leaders. What makes an influencer? The ability to connect, to be likable. Um, It is important that people feel, it's important that people feel a real connection. Because now you'll support him. You want to get more invested in his music, his life, his career, as a result, because he gets the importance of that one-on-one connection that feels authentic. That's why I love working with you, because the reality is that's the exact takeaway I had, and it's a perfect segue for me to introduce today's guest, Josh Folds, who is, um, I feel the same way about him as I did about Brett Marshall. We met on social, we connected um, I, I must say that the studio audience today is better looking than it's ever been before. <laughs> Make sure they're on camera. He is with his wife and I am with Make sure they're on camera. Um, it is uh, beautiful, but we connected. We've, we've become friends. We're going to do great things together. I'm excited for him to share his story, what he does, and his new book, Quotes of the Soul. So let us welcome Josh Volz, Market President, Broward, Palm Beach Counties at First Horizon. Welcome to this podcast. Thank you, everybody. I am blessed. It's beautiful weather outside. It's holiday season. And Steve, like I said before, we're punching way above our weight class. Way. You're talking about your better halves. I'll kick the coverage. Let me me take a look. Oh, yeah, they are way better halves. All of a sudden, the rest of the building got excited. Nothing against you guys, but that's what we call out kicking the coverage. That is how kicking the coverage. That's Which, you, in hindsight, I think that may have been why Brett Michaels liked hanging out with me. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah, same. It doesn't hurt the cause, right? Oh, no humility no, here. It doesn't. No, he gave, me, he gave me the old, hey, brother, always great to see you. And I'm like, I don't remember if we've ever done this before. <laughs> and then I saw him on Saturday in the lobby, and he's like, always great to see you, brother. I'm like, okay, well, yesterday, that's, but that's standard. Right? 
Absolutely. But if you're with an attractive woman, that, that certainly helps. Anyway, let's get to quotes uh, for the soul. Because both of you have something in common, and that is you've written a book. And both of you have something in common, and that is you like to inspire, um, invigorate, motivate, and celebrate others. And so it appears. Where did this come from, Josh, the idea to put together uh, this book that sits in front of us right now? So I think it falls back to Steve's book, Rule Number 17, Be Social, uh, which is one that definitely stands out all of the time. And I always thought about, if I can take a step back and look at the interactions that I have on a daily basis. I've been coaching sports for a very long time. I've been coaching at work for a very long time. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm always coaching. How can I really make an impact on every person I have the one-on-one yeah. t- you know, type of contact with that we want to leave some type of impression behind. And I don't like to read a whole lot. I like to be very quick. We're all moving extremely fast. So I was thinking, how can we do something on a daily basis, since you can't touch everyone at once, mm-hmm. to have a broader type of impact, whether it's on social, whether it's face-to-face. Quick quote to get your day started. A f- uh, couple ways to get you vulnerable and get questions that get you really thinking. Now, why vulnerable? Why is it important to be vulnerable first thing in the morning? I think it's important to be vulnerable so that you can follow up and follow through on what your goals are and what the task is at hand. I always challenge people to think about their goals, especially when you're entering a brand new year. Mm -hmm. What do you do to really follow up and follow through on those goals? We had talked about, of course, in January is coming up here soon. A lot of people get signed back up for the gym, start going back to church. The last two weeks. Right. And then that normally lasts for two to three weeks. So how do you really start to find a way to have a sense of consistency when it comes to changing and personal growth. And I did a lot of research and couldn't find a lot of people that truly had 365 days of content. This is original content. content. So this is original content. This is all his. Mm -hmm. These are not reposted quotes in LinkedIn and social medias full of, you know, Ben Franklin and Abraham Lincoln and Vince Lombardi. Gandhi. So this is not a compilation. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe. This is my own stuff. So I had a LinkedIn blog going for past probably six years have a pretty good following, close to 20,000 followers, who if I missed a Monday to put a quote out there, I literally had people from all over the country saying, Josh, are you out sick today? Yeah, we need some. Are you on vacation? I'm yeah, looking for it's something. it's a good sign. People get hooked on it. Yeah. So I figure how can I sort of go like, and leverage that following and reach sort of a broader type of audience, so to speak, outside of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really been what I've done. So I view this as a sense of a business card that I really want to make an impression. I really want to impact others, and this could be applied to corporate America. Where, where, where does it come sports. from? Where does it come from that you want to help others begin their day and reach their goals? Again, we talk about children of divorce. Yeah. Was that the situation you, for you growing up? Was there some kind of disrest in the family? Was no. there a tough path? It, it's been a theme. No, I, you yeah. know, it's, it's psychology. Funny, yeah. But a lot of people come from that. I want to help you others. Know, bad place, yeah. and they overachieve. So I would tell you that in terms of my childhood and growing up, I uh, was very focused on sports, mm-hmm. basketball, freak of nature, so to speak. Was mm-hmm. very good at basketball, typical type of story. I got hurt. I was done playing basketball, and I was basically lost. Sports is all I had. Ah. And I had a lot of people tell me that you can't do something, right? So I don't have the typical background that would lead me to where I'm at right now. And it had to come from me doing soul searching. It had to come from me really looking at some mentors, uh, to really stretch myself and challenge myself how to be great at something, right? So don't choose just to be average. Don't choose to be good. Choose to be great. And I have people tell me all the time that true growth does not really happen unless you're outside of your comfort zone. Totally right. Yeah. And I've experienced that. I have several, I can point to all sorts of things and being in banking now for 25 years where I've had to experience that and step outside of my comfort zone. But really, I mean, I actually went to college to be a sports broadcaster. Really? Yeah. And, uh, it's weird because yeah. I went to college to be a, a banker. I, I went to FAU. There, there you go. <laughs> so I went to, I knew he was going somehow, somehow we screwed this up. And now I've been in banking for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, now, why banking? 
Uh, banking, I think, I think again, if you think about being social, banking is all about trust. You know, if you really start to that's what you're get, selling. Absolutely. If you get to know the person that's in front of you, at some point in time, you're going to earn the right to ask for their business, and they're going to say yes if you're doing it right and put their wallet on the table. So I think that the vulnerability happens on both sides. So in terms of my day job, is we work with a lot of business owners and get them vulnerable about where their business needs help in their cash flow cycle, where the bank can really take a stance and be their CFO. There's a lot of banks that do things based off a transaction, but we do it all off the partnership. So we go into those meetings, putting their, you know, trying to put their hat on about how can I help their um, growth from a cash flow standpoint? What can I do to think outside of the box to help mm-hmm. this business really take that leap forward? And as the business grows, we grow with them. So uh, now so I would a suggest approach. knowing you the way I know you and knowing business the way it's changing, that people buy people. And what you've done and your team, the same, is that you're very vested in the relationship side, not in the banking side so much. Like you're willing to work on and earn, we talked about this the other day, earn the relationship mm-hmm. and then earn the business. So mm-hmm. I say all the time, you can't be focused solely on a product. If you're product centric, you're, you're done. You have to be client centric. And client centric really means you have to get to know the person in front of you because they're going to quickly sense Right, especially if you have a business that's profitable and doing extremely well, there's a lot of banks out there. Right? So for them to choose that bank, you, there has to be something that separates you. And I feel it's based upon the type of conversation that we get into because the conversation, and I try to tell them up front, hey, I'm going to take 30 to 45 minutes then of your time. Mm-hmm. But I want to be very clear. I keep it very basic. I want to know how the, you know, how the, the money comes into business, how it flows back out, technology used to view what you have, what you do if you have too much cash, what do you do if you need cash? Based on those things right there, we can have a conversation. I'm not going to sell anything, and then I'm going to take that back and really think about the best approach to now win that business because there will be a certain need that will come out of that conversation. Mm -hmm. What keeps you up at night as a business owner? I have to learn those things so that I can earn the right to be able to move to that next step and now close that business. And it's not just about closing that business. How can I also help that business grow? What are the types of introductions that I can make? Because you can't be all things to all people. You can't promise things to everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're very smart about the right type of partners that we want to associate ourselves with and then help their brand grow because it's brand awareness at the end of the day. And so that was also part of this book is how can you create a fan base that can scream from the rooftops why that this is important, why that this makes sense that you're just not some other type of motivational speaker out there, but you're making a difference. So I try to have that applied, whether it's on the basketball courts where I've been coaching basketball for a long time, whether it's back at work, or if it's on one-on-one setting. You know, it's interesting because people ask me, what do you think the number one skill set you should have to be successful in what you do or what I do? And I've zeroed in, in like if I was mentoring kids, public speaking. Because it's one thing to feel the way you feel. You can actually articulate it in a book, in a conversation, in a, um, a public setting. And I've seen you do that. And that's what you know, what people are attracted to. They're attracted to your ability to really communicate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you do it at sure. scale here. Sure. And people know you, and you, you bring so much of the, you know, who you are into your conversations. One of the smartest people I know, but it still comes down to, do I like this person? Mm-hmm. Like ability factor. Yeah, huge. you know, and it's like, you know, if you, you can be the most knowledgeable guy, but you yeah. come off like a dick. It's like, all right, you know, which happens, man. You know? But the reality is, you know, you talked about me a moment ago. You know, I have a very big and devout following who a lot of those folks don't personally care for me. They love the show. They love me, the a-hole of radio, but they don't think highly of me. 
Well, so that, there's I don't that think weird, it's an entertainment property. I would suggest they don't know you. Well, no, but it, but I've created... Because I don't like you either, but right. I still hang out. Understood. But it's like, <laughs> I decided I decided 20 years ago, conscious decision, I'm going to be the bad guy in right. wrestling. Right. Because as much as they loved and should for the good guy, oh. they were way more impassioned for the bad guy. Right. So I decided I'm going to be the bad guy. brothers, man. I'm going to be the bad guy. And now I work two hours a day, and I have a comfortable life, and it worked. And sometimes I have to explain to people when I meet them, they go, wow, you're much nicer than I thought you were going to be. And I go, that's a shtick. Yeah. It's an on-air, a-hole, a radio kind of a thing. But that that's a delicate line. So banking is business, right? Yep. And, yep. And, and it's along the lines of Steve and his book and his sales training, what he does. And then the book is like another side of you. Yeah. Because the quotes for the soul is almost kind of non-corporate, non-numbers, non-profit. It doesn't say quotes for success, does it? It right. talks about the soul. Correct. So there's so, a, there's a there's a dichotomy here. Yeah, that's something that comes um, from just years of experience, going through lots of sales trainings, going through lots of meetings. Of course, the motivational speakers. I've been to a lot of those seminars yeah. and what have you. You have friends that are in the space. Yeah. Right? So this is something deep within. So this was about three years and worth of compilation. You know, in terms of scratch paper, I think I had over fifty pages of scratch paper everywhere. And it's my wife that kept pushing me, like Josh, you love this stuff. You're passionate about trying to help others get this done. And so if you look at the publishing company, it's mine as well, too. It's Souls of Influence. And, and I really believe that. Is that the name of the publishing company? Yes. Oh, wow. So I really oh, cool. believe that all of us have souls that can influence others. Mm-hmm. And I try to teach our kids uh, you know, all the time about that for our own kids, for the basketball kids I've coached for quite some time. You can influence others. So they, Everyone can do something. Yes. So, so the statistically, 1% of the population actually ever writes a book actually writes and publishes a book. Is that right? It is 1%. We wow. learn that in the process. That number sounds and high. People, you know, might even be high, you know, but when you think about it, 1%, you know, is, it, I think is, is, you know, that's, it's it a speaks, lot of people. It speaks volumes to the, you know, to what you've done to leave your legacy. Yeah. You know, for me, that was the main reason why I wrote the book is that I want people way beyond when I'm gone to, you know, hold, be able to hold something and say, oh, that's what that guy was all about. I wanted my grandson to be able to do that. Mm. You've done that. You impact kids' lives all the time by the coaching you do. You know, which I miss that part. My kids are grown. I don't do that anymore. But I remember when I when it was done and they moved on to high school and it was no longer you know uh, you know in my cards to do it. That's another gift. I mean, when you do things like that, the universe does send it back. Yeah. So you got to be able to talk to talk and walk the walk. Right. There's a lot of people that can put on a front. But do you genuinely really care about other people, or mm-hmm. do you only care then about your personal yep. self? Right. Do you have right? So you think about all of the interactions. A lot of people want to get in front of you because they want something from you. Of course. But can they get something from you that's tangible that they can really take to challenge themselves personally and grow? And so the thought process is on this: is this could also serve as a journal, right? So think mm. about and start to write down. That's why there's some questions. Just some quick self-starters because trust me i know there's a lot of stuff out there that's asking for our time most of the time we're on our cell phones all the time oh yeah that's a whole nother soapbox of mine i can get into (laughs) later but how do you find that shelf space up in your mind so to speak to really grow instead of be stuck in people want to grow i mean the folks that listen to this podcast that read your book that read steve's book or the ones that say steve come in and talk to us train us they want to grow but we live in an instant gratification nation age of i want what i want the easiest way possible you know, women are getting butt implants instead of doing squats, right? I mean, everybody wants the e- people. Are Only buying, took fifteen people, minutes for the show to go completely. <laughs> people, off the rails. people are people are buying followers on social media yeah, because of correct. the Instagram. They want the, everyone wants the easiest way. It's an Amazon world. Sure. Now, now there's a button on top of people's washers. They push it 
to get new detergent mailed to them as opposed to saying, hey, Alexa, uh, order more detergent. Like this is the age. So do people still really want to grow? So I or would they just say want results? That, that there's a lot of people that are focused on what their brand is and what their self-worth is right now because all that is true, but you can get lost in all that then as well too. You're just another follower. Well, why can't you be the one that they're following, mm-hmm. right? And so I come across this topic of social selling, which we don't have enough time today to talk social about. Social selling. We got time. But, Go. But social selling is extremely hot right now. It's trending, right? It's how can you appear larger than what you currently are? Um, That's what Instagram's for. And if you look at LinkedIn, if you look, <laughs> which is a false you, sense, if you look of at Instagram, reality, right? right? But how do you brand yourself and start to have a following instead of you being that follower? And so that's really what the thought process is. And if I start to talk about social selling, I do get people's ears because they want to figure out how do you navigate those channels where mm-hmm. it's cost effective and really it changed the game for us than in banking. Because in banking back in the day, if I have a prospecting workshop, we'd all sit around the table talk about prospecting. How do you get past the gatekeeper, do this or that? Yeah. Let's go make calls for 30 minutes, come back and talk about those calls. Now, I run a prospecting workshop where that the laptop's in front of you. We're doing things off of LinkedIn. Let's send in-mails, figure out how to script those, and send it to 30 people that I'm trying to target You know, a group of doctors. If one person says, yes, the coffee was worth my time, and that took me 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to run off and make calls, right? So. The whole game has changed, and social selling is that concept. Social selling. Whether if you're in banking or something else, because stats show that we're looking at our smartphones up to 100 times a day. If you're my wife, 300. And I love her for me. On Instagram and stories and Facebook, it's more than 100. If you look at, you know, if you look at the radio, right? Yep. I mean, that's changing how how that things should be done. Podcasts are extremely hot right now. Your mail at home, which is why you're here. <laughs> your mail at home is basically all junk. So right. how do you market to people anymore? You have to navigate social selling, and I'm really passionate about it. If you can't figure out social selling, you will be left behind because so, that's so, where everything's moving. So what's going. interesting about all of that, and it it focuses back on the book, and it focuses on your question. Do people really want to grow? Do people really want to learn? Nobody wants to do the work. Their capacity to learn um, needs to be in small little bites. So everybody thinks, oh my God, I got to learn social selling. I need to be an expert the first time I jump in the pool. Well, you're not going to be an Olympic swimmer. So things like this that are daily habits, things that you do every day, those are the things that wind up producing the biggest results. Sure. So when you train your brain to get up every day and read something like this, the first rule in my book is get up early. Okay. Why do I get up early? So that I can do stuff like this. I can put on that creates armor <laughs> against all the shit that's going to come my way mm. come eight o'clock. So, you know, reading the Bible, reading this, reading intake and doing it in small bites. Don't read a whole book. I was not a guy that read entire books. I like Take a chapter, take two yep. pages, put good stuff in, which is why the Bible's so good for me. I love that intake. And what yeah. you've done with this book is given people a roadmap. Don't read a whole thing. Put one good thought in your brain, and you do it every day, and you do it for 30 days, and you watch how that changes your life. Yeah. So, And then you do it times 12 months. It's you know. And speaking of, I wanted to bring up um, your friend who broke the record last night. Drew Brees. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Pretty so phenomenal. There's a guy that overcame yeah, yeah. that is a, you know, so he's friendly with. Uh, he, with he has a phenomenal story as well, too. So we were blessed to have an opportunity to spend some time with him two weeks ago or so. And he he did not start playing until going into high school. Right. Yep. Uh, which is an amazing story. And he was always told he's too small. He's too he short. Was. Um, and now he has an unbelievable night in front of friends and family last night. Incredible. Which right? was unbelievable. Yeah. 
And I think it just goes back to the part. I know that's a whole other story. But it goes back to the thought process of when people can't tell you. I'm sorry. So as far as when they say you can't do something, if people tell you you can't do something, that pushes people like him, people like me, us here at the table to want to push even harder to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. For some. For for some. And for others to go, they're probably right. I shouldn't. But I also have a quote that's back in my book. It's one of my favorites. And, of course, there's a lot of my favorites in there. There's 365 of them. I can't wait to read it. But you may have a gift that's not even open yet. And I figure that one's timely with the holiday season, what have you. Mm. And that's true. A lot of people may have a gift that they they haven't found out yet. Because they haven't challenged themselves personally to get outside of their common, you know, day-to-day, eight-to-five, stuck in a routine. A lot of people are very stuck. And they're not happy well, being stuck. As human beings, we find comfort in routine. We find comfort in Correct. the same ritual. Sure. Our alarm set at the same time, drive to work the same way, go to the same place for coffee every day. We we find comfort in that just as humans. We're creatures of habit. Creature, we people are truly, don't like habit. We are truly creatures right, right. of, of habit. Yeah. So, Pat, I mean, Pat, Riley, Pat Riley was quoted as saying, the only thing in life you can count on is change. The presence of change. So you better learn to embrace it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, that for me was so telling. Not accept it, but embrace it. And there's a Correct. difference. Not accept it. Yeah. Embrace. Yeah. But guys like us break habits because we know that some habits can be bad and we need more good than bad habits, so to speak. But people don't like change in general. No, they don't. And I tell people to be Mm-mm. successful in any business, you got to be great at two things, leading people through change and building teams. If you could do well those said. two things and do them well on a consistent basis, you will win. So, so last night I, I flipped on the HBO special, The Art of Coaching, which is oh, with, uh, uh, Belichick Bill, Bill Belichick and, and Nick Saban. Yeah. First of all, it's a must-watch. And the way they fed off each other and continue to feed off each other, to your point, everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs somebody that they're accountable to, that they get ideas from. Mm-hmm. And the interplay of how they... Um, worked with each other through their careers and how they still do it was fascinating to me. And they worked together. Yeah, yeah. they've yeah. shown. I'm sure they video. were in Cleveland. They were in together. Cleveland together. Right. Yeah. And and I, you know, he talks about the <laughs> he talks about the one sign that was in the building when Bill Belichick was the head coach, and he said, uh, "Do your job." Yeah. That's it. You know, just you know, do so your job. Do your like if everybody on the team does their job. That's the part about leadership. Well, this is the 89th show, right? Yes. And there's a famous coach. Who wore that number? It's a pop quiz. A famous coach. Mike Dicka. Uh, yes, yeah, I was going to say Dicka. 89, yeah. right? Yeah. So it plays in nicely here. Right. Um, the coach has to walk the walk. I'm sorry, talk the talk and walk the walk. Right. And they have to be clear as to the expectations and know how to drive home those expectations. And if you do it and do it right, you will earn the right to have a different type of conversation. Correct. When the players aren't doing what you expected. Well, if you're asking things of people, you know, in the hierarchy of subordination, if you're asking things of people that you haven't or not willing to do yourself, right. it, it, you're sure. lost. Yeah, you can't be up in the eye of your Because he, no one wins it, do as I say, not as I do. Sure. Right? Well, well I've watched him do it. I've met a lot of his people. I, I, you know, obviously admire his style. But when you look at that, you know, you look at Mike Singletary was an amazing player, yeah. mm-hmm. really a lousy coach. I mean, when he coached in San Francisco, right. his team went 3-13. and 13. He got fired. Mm-hmm. They bring in um, um, Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Harbaugh, Harbaugh yeah. makes one change, one personnel change, and they go thirteen and three. Yeah. So mindset, leadership, all of that culture. stuff. We'll t- culture. Right? We'll take a look at the Miami daily Heat. habits. And I'm born and raised in Fort Lauderdale, so huge, of course, sports fan for uh, South Florida. Yeah. But the Miami Heat is the same exact story. Unreal. We, we lost a lot of great talent, and he has the chess game down to a science. Guys, the right 
type of pieces on the court, put it all there, and now they're one of the top five teams in the league. And Culture and chemistry. Coach, and, and you know what's cool is the that they, uh, Deion Waiters is being kicked out, not by Spolstra, the team is And they've had some out. injuries, like, too, and they're still they're being They're like, hey, we're not, the, our culture is not going to support the way you, you know, same thing in Alabama. You go to Alabama, it's a team culture. Yeah, it's Nick's way, but, you know, that's what's so cool about putting things like this in the world because they they do things, and this is going to be my word for 2020. I always have a, a, a word, impact. What impact are you making on people? However you decide to do that, you make people feel something, and what impact? We talked about it. And that's, you know, I've had tons of different words, but that word impact to such a degree that we're actually looking at a pricing model with our clients on what impact are we making on the business? We should get paid according to the impact, which is sort of novel. There's some people who are loving that, Mm -hmm. but you make an impact on, you've made an impact on your people. You're making an impact on kids. This book allows you to make an impact long after you leave. So I've always thought about how can you light a fire inside somebody? Any leader or coach can light a fire under someone, but how Ooh, do you light one right. inside them? That's right. the line of right? the year. <laughs> because, because it falls back on you if you truly are trying to lead wow. that person. How do you turn that switch on for them? And maybe they don't want it turned on, but maybe they never had that one-on-one or someone that genuinely took vested interest in time. Or belief. To explore. And I've had plenty of people. I've had people that had started for me part-time saying, Josh, I just wanted this as a part-time job through college. I've mentored them. I guided them. Now they're vice presidents of the bank. Wow. Right. But they okay. didn't even want to go that route. But they saw something with my help to get them to think outside of the box and grow and challenge themselves. And I think that there's just a lot of people that are stuck. And there's a lot of reasons as to why. And I was once that person. Also, it's important for you to have like the right type of mentor, role model, coach. But it takes somebody taking the time to learn about what makes you tick and to stretch you that much further. And that's really why that the book's written. That's why I coach sports. That's why I give back a lot of my personal time because I believe that we're only here for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to make an impact and live a life of service to others. And, and that goes way beyond a paycheck. Sure, 100%. That, I mean, there's gratitude in that far beyond the zeros 100%. that come it's when you do that kind of It's an attitude of gratitude. Of yeah, and we talk about yeah. it all the time. And I talk about it all the time. Yeah, I mean, the purpose in this life to me is not to acquire as much wealth or status or success or as big a home as you can. It's real simple. Have as good a time as you possibly can and do whatever it is that makes the lives of others somehow better. Sure. You can all, we can all, I'm always reminded. Don't need nothing but a good time. Ain't nothing but a good time. It's your poison, <laughs> Brett Michaels reference. Uh, to make a hard left turn here, back to where I was going. You know, we can all impact the lives of others. People say, well, I don't have money. I don't have, you have something. You have wisdom. You have the ability to do a difference. And I know this because there was someone who jumped from the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Jumped, right? Jump, jumped to their death. And when they went to their home, they found the note that said, I won't jump if someone smiles at me. Apparently on the walk, no one did. Wow. And I'm always reminded of, you know what? You walk down the street. Think about it. You can, if you just would have smiled at that person, who knows what they might have done with their life. I certainly know it would have saved it, but that's the impact we can have. So I think it's funny that you say that because I try to focus on a point of if someone's in front of me, if they have a name tag on. Most of the time, you know, it's at a restaurant or some type of retail place. And it says, Steve, I'm going to say, hey, Steve, how is your day going? Yep. And they're like shocked because you called them by their name right. because it's on their name badge. Yeah, right, right. But no one takes the time to even do that. And hey, all of us don't do even this, know right. where that person is at. And just even doing something as simple as that, showing an ounce of care mm-hmm. goes a long way. Of course it does. Right. And, it's, and, so and it's you how can actually see basis. through 
someone who doesn't do it genuinely. 100%. It becomes total stage, total, you know, fake. And so that's where I think really people need to make this paradigm shift is to genuinely want to engage. Yeah. You know to help you want to do that? Quotes for the soul. There you go. I uh, know that for a fact. There you go. Which like can, is available on Amazon. On Amazon, yes. It's you on wake Amazon. up early. You wake up early in the morning. You, you're an early guy? You're a morning guy? Uh, somewhat. I try yeah. to around 6 Mornings, mornings would yeah. be great if they didn't start so early. Yes. If they started like at 11 a.m., I think mornings would be wonderful. I would actually, my <laughs> mine is the middle of the night. But yes. Yikes. It's not really yeah. morning. But uh, four kids, we don't really have a choice. They that's have to true. be up early. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I love that with the kids and with the career, you still decide, and not for your own gain, no. just because, hey, you know, it's, again, that last verse I always bring up of Tim McGraw, humble and kind, right? Don't take for granted the love this life gives you. When you get where you're going, don't forget, turn back around. Help the next one in line. Paid for it. Always stay humble and kind, because some of us got to where we were going. Yeah. I got exactly where I was going. I'm on cruise control. You I should get out of this comfort zone and you do more. You the I destination where, where you wanted to go. I think that's really significant. I'm exactly where I wanted Most to be. Most people have no idea. That's where coaching comes in, is I can help you get to where you want to go. Where coaching goes wrong is where I coach you to get to where I want to go. You have right. an agenda. Right. But if you're selfless instead of selfish mm-hmm. and you pay it forward, your teams will run through a brick wall for you. And, and we'll I've do seen things your people that, do that. And we'll do it's things amazing. that you I never believe. the line of that song. When you get where you're going, don't forget, turn back around, help 100%. the next one in line. We have an obligation to say, hey, uh, even if it's impossible, don't sit on that bench. Uh, the, the wet paint sign just blew off. They go, excuse me, don't sit down. Yeah. We're all cynical. It's a cynical, right. skeptical world. It, right? <laughs> but, but we have an obligation to do what we can to help the others. Sure. The next one in line get to where it is that they're trying to get to. Amen, brother. Congratulations Thank on the you. book. Quotes it. for the Soul. Josh Folds, market president as well, Broward, Palm Beach Counties, at First Horizon. It was a pleasure. It was a fast 30 minutes. Man, I did fly by. That's how this That's works. Like, That's when it's the good. problem, yeah. When yeah. it's good, it goes. Good stuff. <laughs> Stevie, as we wrap it up, number 89, the Mike Didka slash Mark Bavaro episode, why don't you tell us something good my brother from another so uh the the takeaway for this week is um you can teach an old dog new tricks i went to see a show i did not want to see and i have faith in humanity because this rock star yeah reached out and connected with me in a way i just didn't think was possible and i'll be going to see motley Crue, (laughs) poison def leppard and Joan Jett in concert July 7th. At Hard Rock Stadium. If I I don't see them before. Yeah. And I would have bet my entire career Mm -hmm. that I would not be at that concert. And there's a lesson to be learned from this. There's tons of lessons. People would talk about the charisma and charm of Bill Clinton. Women that said they didn't like him, respect him. He was at some event they were forced to. He looked him in the eye, shook their hand, and then they said, I'm in. Some people, Michael Irvin has it. Brett Michaels has it. You have it. Never forget the impact that just shaking someone's hand, making them feel special and important. The moment's about them. You lock it in, and they're your supporter, backer, defender for life. Does it get any better than that? It's wonderful when people... That's my... Tell me something good. Because for me, you know, there's faith. You know, I have faith in humanity. That was George Michael. But okay, same era. Okay. You know what? (laughs) Same era. But I'll tell you what. I enjoyed partying like a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Don't we all? (laughs) Who doesn't? That's why it's called Party Like a Rockstar. It was amazing. It's not called Party Like a Melman. I couldn't believe that they were going to uh, Key West yeah. to play again on oh, Sunday yeah. night. Oh, they yeah. asked us to go, and oh, I was yeah. like, are you guys awesome. crazy? See, now, now, <laughs> you guys can be groupies now. Yeah, I was going to say, now you want to be a rock star. Yeah. Now, I want to be a rock star. Now you got that. Yeah, I feel you. Hop on the tour bus. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's fun for the first couple of years, <laughs> from what I remember. Uh, for Steve Nittleberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time for number 90 of the Confessions of a Sales Salesman, the podcast. So yeah. long, everybody. Ooh.